0: This may be fairly brief, and I tell Danielle every time I say that, it's like two hours later. (laughs) I have a question for you, and I'm actually going to come around to you. I want you to go ahead and raise your hand if you feel like answering this question, and we'll take a few answers to this question. But briefly, I mean briefly, Unitarian folks, what does Black History Month mean to you? Anyone, raise your hand if you want to answer that. Well, I'll we come to you. Let me come over here first. I'll make my way over. I think it should be a time when we are attempting to create some equity in the history of the United States by, by celebrating black history. A couple more answers over here. Well, every month should be Black History Month. And, uh, but specifically in February, it's a time to show up and shut up as a white person. What she said. <laughs> um, it's a time to focus on part of our history, of all of our history that's been excluded making me work for it here. <laughs> I'll take a couple more on this side. We've got three more over on here. It's interesting to hear these answers. Ends uh, where we're they? right here? It's a time I learn of P- Americans I haven't heard of before. Right, good. Yes. It feels like segregation. Um, For me, it's meant setting some personal goals, and that specifically for me was just reading only books by black authors this month. Interesting. I'll take two more down the middle there and then get on. Where were you? I missed my hand right here. Um, I think it's a time to celebrate the sacrifices, or at least acknowledge the sacrifices that people in our country have made and celebrate the history and um, the men and women who have accomplished things of color. I think it's an initiative which hasn't worked and really important. Powerful answers. Powerful answers. And, I have to admit, I didn't have the idea to go out and ask you these questions until I was on my way here. Um, I was wrestling with how to do this sermon. I had the idea for this message, at least the title of the message, Black and White Spaces, months ago. And had it really well sketched out in my head, about how I wanted to approach it. And then I started writing, and it was just this jumble. All these different thoughts and feelings that came up for me to write about being black in white spaces. And part of it concerns this thing we call Black History Month. And a part of it was expressed in this room that I, as an African-American man actually holds some of those same conflicts within. For me, I believe very strongly that every day, quite frankly, is Black History Day. I mean, it's Black History life for me. So, um, and at the same time, I'm troubled by the fact that I don't know that it has worked. I wonder why we're still climbing up this hill and having to have a Black History Month. Um, It's troubling to me. So to give you a little bit of more background as to where I'm coming from with the title of this message, Black and White Spaces, part of thinking about my own inner conflicts around Black History Month made me think of what it means to be an African American man standing often in front of white gatherings of people talking about race and then to particularly be doing it during Black History Month. Do I become somehow the excuse? Do I become the diversity? Do I become the example of Black History Month? Am I The box that's checked, that is the tough part of the question. I don't want to be a box that's checked. I'm not saying that any of you are necessarily thinking that, but I do wonder at times. Black History Month, for me, is part of my, what I call, code-switching. So, are you familiar with the term code-switching? Raise your hand if you are. Okay. You all are, are, are fairly well enlightened then. So, this business of entering into different spaces and being able to, if you will, morph in a certain way. But I look at it as being able to morph in a rather authentic way, in a way that is not that does not leave parts of myself outside, but rather translates and is able to be present, whether it be here or also, for me, in black church spaces. I have a relationship with the Cambridge black pastors, and it is a different kind of a space to be them. I am cultivating a relationship with um, Reverend Hammond in the AME church. It's a different kind of a space. I'm still the same person. And so when I come into a space like this, which is not entirely, but predominantly white, and its history is very white, part of my switching needs to take on the mantle of being educator. And I have to admit that that can be exhausting, being the educator at all times, particularly about educating on race. Um, It's one reason why we're actually taking some of the approach that we're taking this afternoon and starting a deeper conversation within the congregation around race. We're starting with talking about white supremacy. We're starting with a, 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 a caucus for people of color. We're taking the baby step. And part of that, I will fess up, was at my encouragement because I was like, you know, we could do the deeper dive of Beloved Conversations, but I actually don't know that we're ready with me as the leader of the congregation. So it's, it's partly me taking a read of the group, but also me <laughs> saving myself a little bit. Because understanding that entering into a, conver- a deep, deep dive on race means that I have to take on that role of educator with each and every one of you, talking about something that has been a part of my life, it's a part of me, every day. And that's not always easy. What I'm hopeful for is that we learn not just how to talk about race, but we learn how to talk to each other about race, actually seeing each other's racial identities i am hoping to be if you will an example that you learn how to talk to me about race for instance i thought to myself i said i wonder if there are folks who we've gone you know the entire month of february without me ever saying the words black history month first of all i was wondering did anyone notice second of all i was i was wondering did anyone actually notice and not want to talk to me about it because they were concerned about being perceived as racist in some way, shape, or form for bringing up race with the black pastor. And that's a a very real question. It is something that we wrestle with as ministers of color within Unitarian Universalism, that call to ask our congregants to always be honest with us, to not think that we are ever going to first go to the place of saying, oh, that person's a racist, oh, that person is, 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 is marginalizing me because of my immigrant background. No, 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 no. First and foremost, minister. Minister, Reverend Adam Lawrence Dyer, who is black and gay. And I think it's very important for you to hear that from me so that when we do have those conversations about race, When the clunky statements or what might be perceived as microaggressions happen, and I call it out, I'm like, whoa, ouch. Or you experience that with other people in this congregation. You don't shut down. You don't implode. Truth be told, (laughs) I actually think very little about being black. I'm too busy doing it. It is not a performance for me. Um, It is a way of being. And I decided in the end with this message, rather than to write some PhD-style tome about black and white spaces, I decided to write a poem. It is a long poem, longish. And I ask you to go on this journey with me in this poem. Black in White Spaces. Black in White Spaces, so much to say. As a young black power child being shown strong models, independent women, and noble men, Cicely Tyson, Muhammad Ali, then being given the talk. Do not be alone in a room with a white woman. Do not talk back to police. Do not go into a store with your hands in your pockets. And on. Yes, it was a reality check even at the age of 10. The only one in your grade, the only one in band, the only one to get an A, and the only one that the teacher couldn't believe because your parents did your schoolwork, right? Black in White Spaces. Black in White Spaces. And the black students gather at the University Afro-Am Center where they bond and blend rather than bend toward blonde. But there, the religious fervor and the heteronorms are less than welcoming with open arms, so you fall back into the ointment. And whether your fate and weather your fate, the only one in the chorus, the only one in the club. This sets a pace for a lifetime. Not that you are comfortable as the anomaly, nor do you invite the exception, but you grow to expect it. The only becomes the first, the first in the job, the first on the board. We're so glad to see one of you in this job. We've never had one of you in this position. We need to hear the voice of someone like you in this place. It's a first for them, but every day for you, black and white spaces. Black in White Spaces, and Black History Month comes full of MLK quotes, reminders that Rosa Parks wasn't the first, but the young woman got pregnant. What was her name? We Shall Overcome, grainy black and white images of Bayard Rustin, pointy 1960s eyeglasses and pressed curled hair, water hoses and dogs. Lift every voice and sing. And some wonder why a black national anthem. Because black has always been a separate and unequal nation in America. Then Black History Month goes and women take the stage. But wait, you have to keep marching. You can't just stop and pick up a new banner. Your body is your banner every day. Black in white spaces. Black in white spaces. It gives you pause. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. Hashtag Me Too. Hashtag I am Trayvon. Hashtag Say Her Name. Hashtag No Justice, No Peace. Hashtag Hands Up, Don't Shoot. Abner Louima. Rodney King. The Central Park Five. Emmett Till. Henrietta Lack. Sally Hemming. So much more. So many more. Black in white spaces. Black in white spaces. One has to wonder, what about when it is turned around? What does it mean to be white in black spaces? How does it feel? How does it feel inside and out? What is the loss? What is the grief? Can white in black space even be real? Or by its nature, does it become something else? With the unearned legacy of centrality soaked into the flesh, the default to power pumping through the veins, cultural assumptions of superiority surging in the heart, can white even be in black space fully and still cope? Is there fear and anxiety, or defiance and righteous indignation? Or does white crumble and implode under the weight of realizing that without dominant rights, it actually takes up very little space. Does white in black space hope that the concept of race will magically disappear because the table is turned? We should just all get along because we are the same DNA, right? I suppose. I suppose that might work if in the first place you wrote the rules to the game. Black and white spaces. Black in white spaces. Who else is out there on the edge of the American dream that continues to be painted in binary relief? So much time and so much space being occupied by the argument black versus white. The result is often precious little room for indigenous in colonized space, woman in male space, Trans in cisgender space. Disabled in able space. And I wonder if it isn't because the art of othering is taken to a whole new level when black is in white space. The floodgates are open. How is this defined? What makes one space white and another non-white? Who decides? How does one know? If you have to ask. So we caucus and affinity, not to exclude, but to explore. The goal is not to understand what is going on in the other room, but to actually take a look at what happens where you are. You learn the value of this exercise when you are regularly black in white spaces. Black in white spaces, those days may be numbered. One can only hope. Young people are already building on the ruins we adults are leaving behind. They have repurposed sexuality, redefined communication, discovered new currencies, and race for them is neither limitation nor assimilation. It is aspiration and declaration. It is increasingly the rocket fuel in the orbit of love. Their post-lunar-landing, HIV-positive, constant global conflict, born-with-debt, interconnected world may not have time or space that can be wasted in simplistic shades of black and white. As young people are telling us to disarm, realize that they are not just talking about guns— they are leading us toward ways of neutralizing toxicity, delegitimizing lethality, shielding from fatality, soothing pain, and ending isolation, black in white spaces. Black in white spaces has, for me, been a painful blessing. A journey of understanding of self and surroundings. I'm sure this equation is shifting. My observations will soon be obsolete. But in the meantime, I am happy to be a guide. Isn't it ironic that the black power child may be the one holding the candle in the darkness of white spaces? May it be so.